Hello everyone, my name is Andy Spiteri, and I'm the host of the ZeldaCast, and the Omega Metroid Podcast, and Virtual Theater. As you can tell, I really love podcasting. After almost six years of the ZeldaCast, five years of Virtual Theater, and four years of the Omega Metroid Podcast, I swore that I would never make another podcast, but here I am today, excited to announce not one, not two, but three extra bonus shows that you can get each month on my newly reimagined Patreon channel, available at patreon.com forward slash spnet. You'll have your choice of bonus shows, depending on which tiers you choose to sign up for. Each podcast has its own monthly bonus show. The ZeldaCast will have the ZeldaCast Top 10s, where we can have some fun and give out a classic ranking on different topics each month with a different guest. Omega Metroid will continue with the Great Metroid Area Ranking, where we are ranking every single area in the Metroid series. And Virtual Theater will debut the Spiteri's Review, a show where my wife and I will give some thoughts on movies or shows old and new. There's also an ultimate tier that will get you access to all of these bonus shows if you really want to take your Spiteri podcasting to the next level. If that isn't enough, all shows feature a level of interactivity where patrons can weigh in and vote on which topics, shows, and areas we discuss next. Membership starts at as little as $1 a month, so I'm hoping you'll check out all the great bonus content that's going to be coming your way on patreon.com forward slash spnet. Whatever your bonus show of choice, I want to thank you for listening, and I hope to be able to see you over at patreon.com forward slash spnet. Welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spateri, alongside Dakota Lasky, Duminal Crossing. Dak, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm doing fantastic. I'm enjoying my four-day weekend because 4th of July is on a Tuesday, which means I have off till Wednesday, which is fantastic. Absolutely love that. I'm doing great. How are you doing, man? Uh, good. I got a long weekend myself, but not a four-day. I got the day off today for Canada Day. Um, Doom, are you also okay. a recipient of a four-day weekend? Uh, well, I am currently not at a job right now, so I kind of have an infinite day weekend at the moment. So <laughs> oh, hell I, yeah. <laughs> on my post-college job. So yeah, we're, we're just chilling right now. We're just vibing, enjoying the new PC that I built, and uh, yeah, it's all good. Nice, nice. Um yeah, you know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, to Allison yesterday and uh, on the Zelda cast, and and she was like, "No, I have to work on Monday, but then I have Tuesday off, but then the rest of the." And I was, I was like, "That sucks. Like, I, I yeah. feel bad for you." Mm. Got you guys got some like some hot dogs going on tomorrow, some Budweisers, some some fireworks. Uh, what else? What else do you Americans do? No, you got Quiet. it. That's it. Okay. That's it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> You've got the whole thing. Yeah. Light fireworks clog our arteries and drink beer. That's basically yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, well, happy uh, happy early Independence Day to you, and happy uh, Independence Day to everyone listening. And hey, maybe if you're from my neck of the woods, happy Canada Day. Canada Day, although that was uh, that was a few days ago now. At this point, Canada Day. Canada Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So we put you 
the listener in charge of dictating our show this week. We've had a uh, a nice little run here, talked about the all the Metroid implications of the last Nintendo Direct, talking about uh, you know Metroid Dread being a full price game or not, talking about open world Metroid games, all of that stuff. So we we've had a nice little run of shows here. I felt like in the last little bit. So we wanted to uh, to turn the power. Over to you, the listener, and uh, so today we got a, a full-blown fan Q&A episode going on, and I feel like it's been a while since we've had one of these, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to uh, to get going here, and and I guess that we should just dive right in, gentlemen, into uh, into our questions here, um, so let's get it started. This is from, okay. this is from our buddy Kevin, um, you know... Before I before I read his question, so Kevin the uh, Syriacus, what the heck is that? Because there is not one but two people named Syriacus in our Discord. What am I missing? Something is that like a Metroid reference? Yeah, it's one of the. So it's one of the. Sh- I didn't realize this until I played Prime Remaster, but it's one of the three ships that's mentioned. So you got the Orpheon, you got the Syriacus, ah. and then there's another ship that I whose name I can't remember. But yeah, I was wondering that too, and then I played Prime Remaster and I saw that lore, and I was like, and then I I asked them and. Yeah, they confirmed it. Yeah, very very clever. Okay, so Kevin's question. Here we go. Would you consider Metroid Prime Remastered to be a quote-unquote tech demo for Metroid Prime 4 when it's released? Uh, we might get multiple control schemes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I, th- I think like uh, I think a tech demo is the wrong word, but I think like a, a, a blueprint or a proof of concept or something like that is probably what I would say. I would be stunned... If Metroid Prime 4 didn't feature every single control option Metroid Prime HD did, if it didn't feature uh, like the same quality of graphics, obviously if not more, if it's going on the next Switch, uh, I, I think uh, I, I think that you're going to see a lot of similarities between Metroid Prime HD and Metroid Prime 4. What do you guys think? Um, well, first I want to chime in on the Syriacus thing, by the way, because h- how deep of a cut of a Metroid reference is that? I feel like nine out of ten Metroid fans would not get that. I didn't, I didn't understand what that was until that was brought up. That two people have it in our Discord as well. Um, so anyway, just want to chime in there. Second, yeah, I I think what for Prime Four, I mean, assuming that the Switch Two is pretty similar, like control wise to the Switch, like you're able to kind of play stuff in a similar way and you have like similar peripherals. Uh, peripherals, wow. Yeah, I think Prime Four is going to be pretty similar, if not like pretty much what we got in Metroid Prime Remastered, where we're gonna have dual analog controls, we're gonna have the motion controls of some kind. And and may maybe not have the original tank controls, because I guess that wouldn't really make too much sense because the that wouldn't exist like that was just something that was carried over from the original metroid prime but yeah i think what we got and remastered is going to be pretty on par for we end up getting in prime 4 control wise yeah i'm in the same boat i don't really have much else to add where i'm kind of in agreement with andy where i don't think tech demo is the right word but at the same time because like because metroid prime it's its own standalone game it's able to stand on its own is more than that but at the same time you know there's a lot of new implementations in that game that i do think are uh, are going to be carryovers into Prime 4, like the controls, um, that art direction, and, you know, all of those processes, mm-hmm. the accessibility options even, mm-hmm. that um, that I think are going to be templates that we see moving forward. I think it could just be like a demo straight up almost in general. Like, it's it's definitely like a, some, an appetizer for what we were probably going to expect for, for Prime 4, just in a much bigger way. Yeah. And there was that kind of rumor that Prime Remastered started either as a thing to 
kind of get like retros like gear spinning with like developing a metroid prime again or that they were working on this and then that's why nintendo ended up giving metroid prime 4 development to them because they're like oh wow look at this so i don't those are both rumors and i don't know which is true if not either of them true or not but that is kind of something to think about like there i'm sure there is some link to the development of metroid prime remastered and prime 4 and in that link to those two games that's why what we're seeing in remaster is a pretty good indicator of what we would expect in prime four. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, all across the board there. Um, Kevin, Kevin gave us another question, which is pretty interesting. Do you think Sam? Oh, you is- think that's interesting? Oh, I thought you were yeah. talking about the amount of questions he was giving. Cause if someone else gave a lot of questions later, oh, no, 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 Continue. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, Kevin's, uh, Kevin's second question is do you think Samus's Metroid powers will continue to evolve in the future? Like she'll get a Gamma or a Zeta Metroid form, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I would say no, and I and I don't know that I would necessarily want that either. I, I feel like Samus is almost like her own version of a Metroid. Like it's it's not part of the like classic evolutionary line. It's like the Samus Metroid or like the human hybrid Metroid. So I well I, I think that you could maybe um, like upgrade her powers in Metroid 6 with like new abilities and like Metroid abilities. I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like in my mind, you would be upgrading like the, the physical like appearance of her actual suit in a, in a drastic evolutionary way. I could, I could potentially see you getting something in Metroid 6. If indeed they do bring back the Metroid powers where it's like you get the Omega suit or you get the Zeta suit, but it, it's not like a, a ton of dairy. Like it almost functions like a gravity or a power or a, you know, et cetera suit. Like, that that would be my kind of thoughts on that, but I, I don't that being said, I, I don't think it's like completely out of the realm of possibility. Doom, what do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of again in the same boat here, because like I could definitely see the powers getting utilized and you know those powers being upgraded over the course of like a Metroid six or a Metroid seven, but I don't necessarily be I don't necessarily think it would be in the sense of like, okay, now Samus has the alpha powers and now the gamma pa- and et cetera, et cetera. I don't necessarily see it going down that route hmm i mean uh both of y'all keep talking about like samus getting like upgrades or like suits like down the metroid evolutionary line i actually think that's pretty interesting it would be i think a pretty cool direction for samus to go in instead of just kind of like arbitrarily like getting either the normal suit upgrades we expect like power to varia to gravity or just getting like whatever new gimmick the game has like i think like that would actually make sense for I think the new arc for Samus, where now she really is a Metroid, and having her go through like getting these upgrades based on the evolutionary line of the Metroids. I think it would actually be pretty interesting. That mm-hmm. said, at least based on the ending of Dread, where her Metroid powers seem to have been taken away, I don't think that's going to happen, right? Because it's uh, to my understanding that's what happened in Dread's Quiet Robe X shows up and takes yeah, away her I, metroid powers so she can operate this the the ship because otherwise she would drain the energy or something so like mm-hmm. i mean i guess they could reintroduce that but again i i i want them to like commit to these like story decisions they made i guess like if they took away her powers for the moment like let's not just at the beginning of the next game be like oh actually she has them again don't worry about that like that to me is Kind of similar to what they did at the beginning of Dread, where, oh, this stuff happened in the end of Fusion. Uh, don't worry about that. If they bring it up again in the future, I'll be like, eh, that's kind of dumb, because they already hand-wove it earlier. Like, let's not, like, commit to your story decision. So, at the moment, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't think that's where they're going, but I would be interested in that if that's the direction they did go. I will I will say, so my, my interpretation of the ending of Metro Dread is, like, um, 
I, I think that Samus almost like could control her, her Metroid abilities, maybe a little bit more. Um, that was my interpretation of it. Or even like maybe it temporarily went away. I don't think, at least to me, it was like, it's gone forever, it's done. Like, I, I guess to answer Kevin's question um, in the way of like, if it was like Zeta, Omega, like if it was just like a suit upgrade, yeah, I could totally see that. But if it's like maybe something a little bit more like substantial, I, I'm not, I don't know. I guess like, I guess it's all in the way that you frame it. Because if you're if you're making Metroid 6 and you have like new abilities and items and stuff like that and they happen to be Metroid powers, like, yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, or maybe like they, it replaces like Aeon powers or something like that. Like I, I could definitely mm. see that. But um I guess uh, in the way that I originally read the question, which is like she's going to change like um, like basically like assuming that her dread Metroid suit comes back, it's going to like completely alter beyond like the aesthetics of a new suit. I, I don't know if I see that, but the more I'm talking, I would about, the love more I'm that convincing myself that maybe it's actually not. I, as... would, I, w- I would love that. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. And I think it maybe maybe just to kind of go back on what I just said, but maybe at the beginning of the next game, she spends some time trying to re- reawaken her Metroid powers again. Now that she knows what she can do with them, she's like, oh, like I should really go get those back. That was pretty helpful. Can you imagine um, like, the, the intro of, of Metroid 6 is just like the intro for John Wick 4, where he's just like pounding that, that thing at the beginning of the movie? That would be awesome. And all of a sudden, I have it's not, like a I have not seen it. Oh, I've not seen John Wick 4. I've only seen the first three. You gotta see John Wick 4. You should rectify that. Yeah, you should. Alright, I will I will get it. Did you get that reference? Doom? Oh, me? Yeah, well yeah. yeah. yeah uh, okay. Well you didn't you didn't yeah, react. Yeah, you yeah. Just, yeah. You I just thought sat you there and John didn't, Wick 4. Yeah, you just sat there and didn't react. I'm like, oh I guess he hasn't seen it either. I'm gonna freely <laughs> say this and yeah, oh I got you left me piled. you left me out here to die. Okay, let's let's move on. Uh, this is from Chris06, and I'm going to take the lead on this one if you guys don't mind. Um, he asks, if Metroid Prime 4 is cross-gen or next-gen, will they reveal it before Switch 2? It could be the same situation with Breath of the Wild. So we've talked pretty extensively. We think they're going to reveal the Switch 2 before Metroid Prime 4, uh, or yep. at least like at, at the same time, I think, is possible. Now, yeah. I, I would say this. like, like Breath of the Wild was kind of a different animal because like that was very, very much intended to be like a Wii U game where this was obviously meant to be a Switch game. No doubt they announced it at the beginning of the Switch's life. But like, I think they probably learned a little something from Breath of the Wild where it's like, don't show too early. Don't show your hand too early. So like, um, I, I don't think the comparables are, are really there beyond the fact that like it started development on one console and will more than likely see you know, it's life on, on another console that came after it. So I would not expect to see Metroid Prime 4 before the Switch 2. Well, if I can chime into the last part, I think the big I think the big difference here is, you know, just the success rate of each console. Because the Switch, I mean, you know, by the time we're, we're expecting the Switch to go, you know, six, seven, potentially even eight years before the Switch 2 comes out. Whereas, I mean, the Wii U, I mean, it cut its losses early. I mean, it barely mm-hmm. lasted four years before the Switch came out. So, like, it makes sense that, you know, why, you know, Breath of the Wild was intended to be a Wii U game. But because the Switch came out so early, they had to quickly shift gears and, you know, make all that difference. Whereas, whereas much different scenario with the Switch Switch 2. Yep. Yep, I agree. Doom, you, anything to add to that? or? I, mean, I, I, I said Doom. I'm sorry. I meant to say Dak. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, we already kind of gave our opinions on this on a, I feel like an episode or two ago. So right. if you want to hear our answers to that, just listen to that whole that whole episode because we, yeah. we talk about this. Yeah, we're going to see the Switch 2 first before we see Metroid Prime 4. Honestly, I think at all. I don't even think they're going to tease it 
until we yep. see the Switch 2. I think it's even if it is, a, it's probably going to be a cross-gen game, but we're not going to see it until we see Switch 2, and then it'll be a re- mm-hmm. release for both. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, okay, this next question is from Metroid Theorist. How do you think Samus's life might have been if she was raised by the Luminoth? Would Umos be her surrogate father? Would she don the dark suit as her power suit? Um, you know, hmm. Dak, you, you can kick us off here. Oh, okay. Unless you don't yeah. want to. No, no, I think that's a great question. This is like one of those questions where I'm like, damn, we could probably dedicate a whole um, a whole episode to this, right? Because a lot of like speculation, what if? I think the biggest thing that kind of sticks out to me is that, I mean, first of all, I don't know, would Samus have survived like, because to my to my recollection, the Luminoth are like fighting off the Ing for quite a, a long time recently, right? Like they have a long war. Like does Samus That's survive that? Like, like yeah. Samus Samus survives the attack on her colony, but other than that, she's raised by the Chozo in, to my knowledge, a pretty pre- peaceful time. Like she just leaves the Chozo of her own accord. She doesn't leave the Chozo freely. Like she gets her power suit and then and then she dips. Um, with the Luminoth, to my knowledge, like. They're fighting the Aang for a, a long time, up until pretty recently. A lot of the Luminoth are put into, like, stasis because, like, they're losing and the Aang are fighting them constantly. I think, like, um, Umos is one of the last uh, Luminoth hanging around, kind of just chilling. So Samus probably wouldn't have had a great upbringing if she survives it at all, if she's even picked up. Um, do the Luminoth have, like, power suits like the, the Chozo do? I feel like they might. They probably do. So maybe she probably gets some equivalent. Well, they got the dark and light suit, at least. And it seems like yeah. at some point... It seems like at some point they interacted with the Chozo and, you know, took some of their technology oh, right. back. Yeah, they, they interact with the Chozo and the different species from, from Prime 3 as well, like, that come from Brio and whatnot. So they're all mixing technology, and I'm sure with the Federation as well. So, I mean, there I'm sure there's some world in which samus gets like a similar suit like she does with the chozo i feel like that part probably could still happen um now though that we with dread would samus have gotten like luminoth dna that's like, what i was gonna say that's that's the, the big DNA. question yeah which yeah that's the big warrior. question right because she got that from the the warrior tribe part of the chozo but she was kind of raised by the the Thoha tribe, or I, I'm the, right. Like she's, she wasn't really raised by the warrior tribe. She was given the warrior DNA, but she wasn't really raised by them. So like, would that have, would the same effect have happened with the Luminoth? Would, would there like, would Umos have given Lumin- Samus Luminoth DNA? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Who else well, would have? I don't know. Well, the reason she was given the Chozo DNA was so she was so she could actually survive on Zebes. Cause otherwise like the environment would be too harsh for her otherwise. So, right. So I'm not sure. I mean, I guess Ether's environment is pretty harsh too, with like you know the dark and light worlds colliding. But like, I'm not sure if it's so harsh that it would necessitate a DNA transfer. I don't know. We'd have to consult some of the lore experts at Retro yeah. for that one. I don't know how the moth DNA transfer works from moth to human. Yeah, that, I think that's the biggest one. But I, I I'm in like envisioning a Samus that probably is like way more like hardened and less human than we would think because i feel like samus would have been raised in a, like a much harder like environment growing up like as a younger samus and or maybe she leaves for the federation at an earlier age as a result um i don't know that's a really it's a really interesting question what do you think andy 
Um, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with uh, what you laid out. Like, I, I think the environment would have been very different. And I wonder if she would have became quite the warrior that she became because she, she presumably she doesn't have that that mocking DNA going into her. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess like the th- I, I'm not like a super like in-depth lore guy. Like that's never kind of been my thing. So I, I never really think about these scenarios. So I feel like I don't really have anything kind of prepared. Um, but I, I do wonder like... I think we, I think we would have got a different version of Samus, both in terms of her capabilities and in terms of her like outlook towards life. Because I mean, like you grow up in a in a war torn planet that's literally splitting in two. That's probably going to affect you know your 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 own psyche and personality. So, it, I think you would have seen a, a much more anti hero version of Samus. Were that the case? Maybe not. I don't know. Um, maybe you know. Umas seems like a like a guiding hand in Metro Prime 2, so maybe he kind of would have uh, alleviated a lot of that. But it is interesting to think about for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah. that is the the most like the pivotal point there is that she, whether or not she gets that specifically uh, Malkin DNA that mm-hmm. literally makes her a warrior in that a chose a warrior in that case versus like what what would be the equivalent to like kind of make up for that being raised by Illumina. I think that's kind of like the yeah. interesting stuff we can maybe dig into more. And maybe she's just, she would just be built different. Like Umos just had to train her that much. Like she just had to be that strong of a warrior without needing the chose of DNA. I don't know. Well, even so I doubt Samus is going to be doing all the somersaults that she does in the 2d games at bare minimum without that DNA. So, <laughs> well, moths are pretty like, that's what I'm saying. Maybe the Illumina gave her the moth DNA and she can like fly or hover i don't know like she could birds and moths like they both fly they both go airborne like there's some there's some crossover there i don't know um all right well i love that question though it's a good question well, it's i want to th- dig into that more in a future episode it's a good thought experiment uh, i think for sure um okay this is from our pal uh quest he asks if you could have one returning boss from either the mainline or prime games and metro prime 4 who would you want that to be and why? So we, we touched on this a little bit a couple weeks ago. Um, but I, I don't... Doom, I don't think you were there. So maybe if you want to lead us off here, is there any boss that you would love to see in Metro Prime 4? Obviously, I was hoping for Kraid, but he already showed up in Dread, so I feel like my appetite is... is what did I say? Do you remember? Uh, I don't remember, but I'm, I'm going to quickly say Saris. I, I think you said Saris. I'm going to quickly say Saris or Metacraid would be like if they're going to yeah. do that and bring that back. Those are my picks. But yeah, go on. Okay. I don't think it would happen, um, but I would love to see a 3D Diggernaut in Prime 4. Don't think it would happen, mm. but I think that would be so killer. Right. You know, I, I was kind of thinking about this. Um, and one boss that I would really, really love to see back is Dragon. However, I don't know that I'd want to see him in Metroid Prime. I think I think that's like a boss I would really excel in, like a two D Metroid environment. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure it would be great in, in Metroid Prime as well. But like that wouldn't be my my top of the line. I think what I might say is like I would love to see an Omega Metroid in 3D or like. Like yes, a hundred percent. Maybe agreed. a Queen Metroid or like just something like because you, you kind of saw the Queen Metroid in, in 3D and other M, but not not in the way that we perhaps wanted. So I think an Omega Metroid would be uh, wicked. And then like I I think that you could um, like putting aside the fact that it doesn't really ever make sense for these bosses to come back, but like I think uh, like 
Yakuza would be an awesome boss to uh, to have back, one that was like bouncing around and stuff like that. Or uh, I don't know, like like I don't think that there's any. While while the Prime series has like these amazing bosses, I I don't know that there's any one of them that I'm like clamoring to see come back. And I think that's because they're so in like tied to their like specific areas, and and it makes a lot of sense. So. Uh, yeah, maybe Omega Metroid is my answer. That w- that would be a pretty sweet three D fight, I think. O- Omega Metroid would be dope, and then yeah, for like Metroid Prime Four, I'd be okay with like Omega Metroid returning, like an Omega Metroid Ridley, obviously, and then just like new bosses. Give me all new stuff. Yeah, the only th- the only thing, and granted, we're only talking about theoreticals here. The only thing I see with the Omega Metroid, um, uh, shout out to the number one weekly Metroid podcast. But the only thing that I don't see about that is that Samus doesn't encounter those kind of Metroid evolutions until Metroid 2, which is after Prime 4 would be theoretically taking place. But you know, I'm... I'm so we retcon it. We retcon it. Yeah. First of all, you you could just have her see an Omega we Metroid. Just have her see them, yeah. She's just like, what is that? I've never seen it before. And second of all, I, I am not completely married to the idea that this game is going to take place immediately after Metroid Prime 3. And when I say immediately, I mean, like, next in sequence. Like, I... I still think it's possible this takes place after Fusion, after Dread, after Super. Like, I, I think that there's a lot of room to play there because this is going to be a beginning of something. Like, it, it doesn't have to be tied to the events that have that have happened before just because it's called Metroid Prime 4. Like, as we've talked about a lot of times, I, I think Metroid Prime at this point is the branding of the game. It, it tells you that it's a first-person shooter game, not necessarily you're dealing with that specific enemy, Metroid Prime. So I, I think that they could play around a little bit there. I hope Metroid Prime does that. I don't think they're going to do that, at least for now. At least for now. I I agree with everything you just said, Annie. But I don't. I only if they're following the like story of like following up with Silex. Like if that's happening, then I think it takes place after the events of Metroid Prime Three and, and the trilogy and Hunters. Just because to me, it wouldn't make any sense to like hold that like chronologically. Silex do nothing after the events of Prime Three or whatever. All the way until after Fusion or Dread. Like, that to me just feels weird to pick it up after that. Like, and, easily. And Federation Force, too, as much as we want to forget about that. And, and well. right. So, the, just the true, the, the prime, the prime games in general. So, like, to me, it makes sense that they would have Prime 4 happen around those games. Even if it doesn't have anything to do with the first, the trilogy, if it has something to do with Silex, I do think it'll follow right after that. And they could fit another three games in that, in that span. I mean, they already fit how many so far. Like, yeah, Silex I mean, isn't brought up at any point after that, so it makes sense that his story ends around that time. I I I completely like get and respect everything you guys are saying, and it's probably true. But I, I'm just uh, playing devil's advocate here. Like, I think to your point about Federation Force, like who says that Silex didn't steal that egg and like is is been conducting his own research for for X amount of years or or whatever, right? Like, I I do think that there's a way that you can bring Silex back at any point in the series in, in, I think that there's a, an easy enough story explanation for it to not feel ridiculous. Um, to, yeah. But to, to your point, like, I think you guys are probably right. Like, I think, it, I think it will probably take place right after uh, prime three, or I guess Federation force at this point. But um, it would be interesting though, if Samus instead runs into Silex all the way after dread in which case she's now way stronger and just like destroys him that like with Metroid sweet. powers. Like by that point, <laughs> she's so overpowered that Silex isn't even an issue now, and she just stomps him. 
don't know. Maybe that I happens. Just, guys, I can't get this thing out of my head where I'm just like, you know what? Samus and Silex are going to find a way. They're going to be buds at the end of this game. Like, I, I think Silex is going to be a, a character that is going to stay in this series. <laughs> my my <laughs> biggest fear is Silex is like Samus's brother or something. That oh, that, okay, that would, would be lame. That would, yeah. God, that would be horrible. That would something suck. like that would be awful. I really hope that doesn't happen. And part I, uh, of me is afraid. Part of me is scared yeah, that that's going to happen. Don't even put that into the world. That's that's cheesy. I want Silex to be the right end of the Metroid universe. That's what I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly my thoughts. Yes. Thank you for that. Okay, let's move on. Um, this is from New Supreme Man. Have you guys read the various Metroid comics and manga? If so, what do you think of them? Um, there's a little bit more to the question, but I have to cut it off and say, no, I have not read them. Not yet. But we do... You know, we do have... I, I think uh, I when I first started uh putting together ideas like way back in 2018 for a metroid podcast that was one of them uh that i jotted down was like maybe we should start reviewing all the uh the various you know metroid manga like i know that um uh joey and samus is is a pretty popular one so uh maybe we could do that yeah i I think that there's potential to to review that in the future but i have not read it as of yet i don't know about you yeah so we so we have a, a running list of our upcoming episode topic ideas and i i don't know if you guys have been noticing here as we've been recording the show but i've been dropping topics from these questions we're doing into our our little chat um of things we should be covering and replacing some of the other or jump throwing into that list of top for our upcoming episodes we should absolutely read and review all the metroid manga and and comics and whatnot because yeah i haven't i mean i've read like bits and pieces like panels on the internet here and there and i have a general idea I'm sure I've read like the Metroidpedia pages of them till I get like the book notes or like um, cliff notes or whatever. Um, but I've never sat down and, and, and read them. Um, right. And I've only read like the Metroid manga that like the main one. I've never read um, anything from like Joey and Samus. I've seen images from them. I haven't seen, I haven't really gone into any of that stuff. So I would love to do an episode on that. I would love to do one soon on that of just like, let's sit down and go through all of them, maybe do an episode on each one i agree i think that could and be a do a little, nice do a little series yeah, yeah do a little series but like bang that out real quick um and just kind of sit down and do that i think that would be really cool so um yeah i i have not dived into them but i'm we're writing it down for do you, are, have you read the manga uh i haven't read the manga i have read the um the metroid prime 2 adaptation though which is a very very bizarre read but that was that was like well <laughs> over a decade ago so i can't remember all the details on that but it's a it's a very very loose retelling of prime 2 but otherwise i haven't really read any of those but i think yeah i think those would be really great topics for the future um yeah cool. i agree okay um this is from hiba hussein if samus stayed a male as originally planned how do you feel the metroid series would have turned out would it have been more successful would the story end up differently what a great question what did you read that what again it? i didn't okay so so uh, his question is if samus had stayed a male as originally intended, he's talking he's talk about the game designer of the original Metroid. They kind of made Samus uh, their decision to make her a woman was was basically on a whim. Um, how do you so if if Samus had stayed male as intended, how do you feel the Metroid series would have turned out? Would it have been more successful? Would the story end up differently? What a great thought experiment. Hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like I I don't know that I think that the series would have turned out differently because like I don't know that. Um, 
like Samus being being a woman isn't necessarily like a, a driving force of the story per se. It's just you know she's. I, an I you know I, I say that it but like does. I guess, I guess there is those themes of motherhood that, it that do, exactly yes. Yeah. It, I agree with what you're saying. Yes, like as a person, but like there's a lot yeah. of stuff story wise and thematically that are tied to her being like a mother or like the baby Metroid imprinting on her. Yeah, and that, that is true. All that like that stuff is kind of salient to the story so i don't I mean, know i think you probably could have done it if if you Samus probably was a yeah. guy, but <laughs> it, it probably wouldn't have connected in the same way like i think a lot of that is like really based off alien 2 which cheap plug yep. by the way but we've done our yes. alien review series and uh covered that um yeah i i don't know the, the really interesting part of that question to me is what the series have done better and um because like you know say I don't know. I don't know. Like it's a, it's a super interesting question. Like I'm trying not to to cast all people who play video games back then in like the <laughs> early '90s as like chauvinistic because right? they're not. Like, but I, I think that there's probably an element of, of truth to like maybe it was easier for the video game target demographic, which was probably younger boys, to get behind a series. With but I mean that being said too, you didn't even know that Samus was was a woman until after you'd played Metroid 1. But I guess Metroid 1 was the most successful of, of the series for a long time. So it, it's a very interesting question. But I will say I'm, I'm glad that they didn't because I really think that that helped give this series a unique and, and lasting appeal. Like, I think it could have been just like a, another sci-fi series had they not done that. Yeah, I definitely hard to to kind of think about like would it have been more successful or not because you're right a lot of the elements of like who her identity are shown at the end of the game but i think experience wise it like it made for a surprise if it was just a guy that wouldn't have been mm-hmm. a shock to anybody um i mean some people thought she was a robot entirely and didn't even think she was human so yeah i i don't know i i feel like the story would have ended up differently would have been more successful i really don't know i don't i don't necessarily think so though but doom what do you think yeah i it's it's really hard to say but i'm also in agreement i don't think it would i don't think it would have made a huge i think i think the series moving forward there'd be some some different some different changes and in that regard maybe you know in terms of like um you know like we were talking about with the lore and the motherhood and whatnot but like i don't think it would be so drastic in the sense that like we would get like a massive sales difference i feel like metro would be in the same spot today that it that it would be in this alternate uh, history. Very interesting to think about. Um, Mantroid. <laughs> Mantroid. Yeah. Mantroid. Where's that shirt at the Omega Metroid uh, Etsy store? <laughs> um, uh, Hibah has a couple of interesting questions actually in a row here. So uh, his next question, or their next question rather, is um, what one bad moment, so not a whole game, what one bad moment could you make worse in Metroid? How can you make one really good moment even better? Oh, this is a cool uh, question. <laughs> well, Dak, do you want to take the lead here? No, no, no. I'm curious. I want you or Doom to go first. I'm curious what you go go with. I mean, like we're we're all thinking like one bad moment, right? And, and I'm sure we're all thinking <laughs> of the same thing here. Like, what part of other yeah, are we so... gonna are we gonna single out? Um, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna do something a bit different, but. Okay, you know, Harry, how about this? One bad moment. You know what they could have done to make a bad moment, like, even worse? Was um, the ending of Federation Force when you're fighting ginormous pinball Samus. 
Um, they could have had pinball bumpers kicking around the map, or maybe mm. uh, maybe that would have been better. Actually, I don't know. That, that would be better. Yeah, that would be better. Um, be significantly better. I don't know what they could have done to make that worse. Actually, now that I'm trying to think about it, maybe. Ah, uh, jeez, uh, I don't know. They they could have. Uh, I'm sure they could have done something though, because it was. They could have easily made it a a boss battle against instead of just giant Samus rolling around in a ball giant samus not in morph ball mode and she's like saying some really cringy generic evil bad guy lines and she's possessed like that would uh, that would be that wouldn't be fun you wouldn't have liked you wouldn't have liked that you would have been you would have rather she stay in the morph ball um, oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna say something that's about to make andy angry i'm sorry samus but she's uh voiced by zelda's uh, voice actress in tears of the kingdom doesn't he like the voice actress yeah i, I think the yeah voice i was gonna say he well, that's yeah. that's why he's saying that I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man! Like you can't tell me that you think that the way Zelda sounds sounds sounds. It does not than... sound good. It's, it's, it's I bad. think she no, sounds good. Nothing against nothing against her. I'm sure she's a talented voice, but like. Oh yeah, no. That's the thing is not the quality of the voice acting is fine. It's just why does Zelda have a British accent? Oh, why not? She sounds. What do you mean? Why not? It why sounds. Not? It sounds dumb. It it's, sounds. It's not. It's not even the British accent. It's that it's so over dramatic and melodramatic it's like, and yeah like, it's like I, a parody british accent Link, you have to save <laughs> me right now <laughs> okay imagine what the british people think of your accents come on now yeah but why is that. she even have i think it's funny that she has a british accent because she's royalty because nobody else has a british accent but um, she's a princess so she has to have one like a five-year-old comes up with that. that that is true but i will say i think actually i think with like tears of the kingdom not to segue into zelda talk here but like i think like she's really really solid in that game like she she feels more comfortable and, and confident in that role also ganondorf oh my god I, and you know what i'm not, not good I'm not, I'm not prepared I'm sorry. to say not a fan i was a little bit underwhelmed but i i will say because you haven't played the game yet right deck no, but I have seen a couple cutscenes on YouTube, um, I, particularly I one say, where he I, talks I to the Hyrule King and other things uh, as the game goes by. But I, I, I'm, yeah, not gonna, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to die on that hill for sure. I, if... Okay, so so my guest appearance on the Zelda cast. How about that? Yeah, we'll see if that's still on the books or not. Okay, so little... so so one bad moment could we make worse? Doom, what is what is yours? I mean, well, I already suggested Zelda, but I get but before I was going to do that. My oh, suggestion right, was right. Gonna, my suggestion was going to be uh, Federation Force, but that's the last Metroid game we ever get. Hmm. Yeah, that could have been pretty bad. Oh, that would have been that would have sucked. Yeah, that would have been really bad. You know, how, <laughs> that's about, that's pretty bad. How about this? I don't know if this would have been worse or not, but like maybe one bad. It's not a moment necessarily, but like so Other M is super successful, and Other M two is released same mm. same kind of everything but i have a cool idea for actually one big or one moment to make better um one cool moment to make better and i'm actually i'll go back to the federation for as well and i would say this that there's a really cool moment in that game where you see a really sweet cutscene with silex stealing a metroid egg now imagine if that wasn't in that stupid chibi art style and it was just like cool and sleek and sci-fi and awesome now we're talking. Now we're cooking. Like that could be cool. Well, you, well, you, you guys, don't like I, the Funko Pop models. I think I'm twisting the the prompt a little bit. I think we're 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 not talking about ideas. We're talking about moments. Like Federation Force is not really a a. Mo I mean, I guess that is a moment in the game. But like you're I talking about like changing the moment. entire game. Well, like, yes. Um, um, okay, so okay. so how about this? A um, 
Uh, oh, you twisted the prompt a little bit. I did. I did a little bit. I, I have to admit, I did a little bit. Um, oh man, I think uh, I don't know. It's it's hard on the spot. Maybe we should have prepared a little bit. But this well, I have mine. Have I'm gonna. To... I have mine. I oh, think okay. for the. I think for the. I mean, this is the obvious one, but the other M fight. Um, Samus is so unable to fight Ridley that Anthony has to step in and fight Ridley and stop Ridley for her and save her entirely. Um, okay. that's a that's a that's a bad Metroid moment that you could make. I think per, unequivocally worse. Okay, I I thought of something and you guys are gonna hate it, but I I don't like this moment. So here we go. The moment where you realize uh, Adam is the AI or the AI rather is Adam and has this personality. You could have had like Samus even more stunned and react, but like some cheesy line like. I knew that that's that was the real you or like something ridiculous in there to make that already ridiculous scene even more ridiculous. And I don't know what that line would have been, but like, I I, I that, I'm not a fan of that scene, and uh, I think it's a little bit hokey. So th- I'm sure they could have upped the cheese in that in that moment, or or maybe they, maybe instead of just seeing Samus's eyes, it could have had like her whole face just being like, or or something, right? Like <laughs> I, th- I thought we were trying to yeah, make this bad, not funny. <laughs> Okay. No, I actually, I will say, I actually agree with you that I do think the scene, I like the, sto- I like the story implications and I like it in concept, but I do agree the execution in game, like it's very, it, it is very hokey as you would say, and I definitely think that's something you could actually improve. Okay, here's one, by the way, in Other M, the scene where Adam is um, going to, um, go into Sector Zero to destroy it or whatever, and Samus can't follow him, they kiss before oh. before adam goes that's tell it. me that wouldn't have been awful that's it okay it's, that is the most vile thing i've heard on this podcast well they're not related oh, right man they're not really like oh that's fine no, they're not but okay. they're, he's like her pseudo father that is that is just i know that would be bad though that would be bad that yeah, there's no beating that. That's the best one. Do we, is there you any good ones? Wait, wait, how... You can subscribe. Dislike this video for yeah. that alone, oh, please. <laughs> Why? Okay, it would have been bad. Yeah, it would have been bad. It would have been bad. But it would have been, been... Yeah, that's a bad one. Jesus. Okay, so how do we make one really good moment even better? That was the second half oh. of the question. Um, um, how do we make one really good moment even better? Who's got one? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, you know, oh, okay. This this is probably dumb, but like, uh, when Samus regains her power suit in um in Metroid Zero Mission, I think it would have been a little bit cooler if like there was like one of those like uh like an actual cutscene where uh, like it it just like goes back on her, almost like Iron Man style. Like it goes back on her, and you, there's some better music playing, and and that that could have been cool. That's that's uh, something I'm off the top of my head. Okay, okay, Dude, What about you? cool moment make it even cooler or gooder i mean i've already suggested this before but you know after you defeat the final emmy in dread you step outside and it's playing the surface crate criteria mm. music from super metroid that would have been exponentially better yeah yeah um i guess okay. for me to think about would be the ending of dread like when samus gets i mean i guess it's not a good moment because i don't think it's a good moment but like the ending of the game i don't think is that bad but if they had an actual resolution of maybe samus having a little thoughts or something happening at the end that would be cool um yeah that's a that's a one off the top of my head but that's another good one we probably have to think about more 
Metroid Other M, but instead of Adam, it's Chad Merle Dane, and he's not restricting your weapon access. Boom. Oh uh, yeah, but that was a bad ma- moment ma- you made good. Yeah, that's completely different. <laughs> that's a tough Which question. It, good, good question, though. Okay, that's, we, that's a question that we could do. Bad moments we make oh, yeah. much better, right? Absolutely. Uh, okay, Hiba's last question. You're the PR head and are starting the promotion for Metro Prime 4. What actions do you take to ensure the promotional tier- material is top tier? Um... Wow, I I think it's I don't think it's that hard to be honest. Like, make a really cool cinematic trailer, like make it make a cool trailer and make sure that it plays in the right places. Have it all over YouTube. You know what? You know what I would do? I would bring it back to movie theaters because I think that and like I know movie theaters aren't what they were you know pre COVID, but like I think that I I always remember seeing the Metroid Prime. Um, and the Gears of War trailer, and the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles of all games. But, like, every time I see a, a video game trailer in a movie theater, I, I kind of feel like that's a big deal. Like, that's this is a big game that uh, that's going on. I, I would put some bucks, I'd, I'd throw it in the Super Bowl. Like, just, if you're going to do it, like, do it. And I, and I know that's probably silly. They're not going to spend that kind of money, but, like... They should. That's what I might try. If, yeah. you want, if you want a different result, do something differently, right? Like, if you want a game that's going to get you three to five million copies, do it the same way that you market all your other games. Um, and if you want a, a game that could potentially break the mold and, and level up the series, and especially if it's going to launch with the, with the Switch 2, I mean, like, I'm I'm pushing, and, and particularly if it launches with the Switch 2, like, that's my game that I'm showing to everybody, right? Like, it's this is the game where I'm like, like not only look at this game Metro Prime Four, but like look at what the Switch Two can do. Look at the hardware. Look at the, like look at look at this gorgeous game. Like that's that's what I'm doing. I, I I don't think it's that hard to be honest. And I'm no marketing guy, but like you just got to make a a good trailer that it's exciting and have it play in the right places. Like I feel like that's uh, you know not not too terrible. I'd I'd keep it simple. Uh, Doom, what about you? So my answer is going to be a bit vague, but. Bear with me here. So, like, I feel like Metroid's biggest problem, it's the green eggs and ham problem. You know, it's a quality series that people don't give a chance, that don't try. But when people do give it a try, for the most part, there's exceptions. But generally, when people play, like, a good Metroid game, they become they become a fan. It's get, it's it's that bridge. That's, that's the difficult part, is getting people to actually try it in the first place. And so I think when you're marketing the game, you know, you have to identify, like... What are those barriers that are preventing people from getting in? And how do we use marketing to address that? And I feel like that's the key with the marketing campaign uh, for Metroid Prime 4 or any any Metroid title going forward, frankly. I mean, I, yeah. I'd have a demo for sure. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, definitely have a demo. I think, Doom, you kind of hit the, the point there is that it's something that's good when people try it, but they don't necessarily know about it. So, like, the key thing would be awareness. Like, you'd. Like, this game, like, there should be advertising for it for months, like, everywhere. Like, on all the major social media, like, you have YouTube, you have TV commercials. Like, try to, like, let people at least know about the game. Because you know it'll sell itself once people try it. Mm -hmm. You don't need to put as much effort into trying to convince people it's good. It'll be good, evidently, when they give it a go. But they need to know about it first. So, like, you want to be hitting those awareness stuff. I feel like doing, like, uh, you know, having have a bunch of influencers play on Twitch, right? Like, that would be... Yeah. I would do that as like on launch, have them get, get like a Metroid Prime like swag kit of full of Metroid like you know stuff and like memorabilia and whatever and a copy of the game and they play it on launch day on Twitch and a bunch of people watch it. Yeah. Have them do YouTube videos and all that. Um, 
like, and then maybe do like a commercial with like a famous influencer like that kind of stuff for like people are more aware of it and they're sold on it because it's, they'll know it's good when they play it and because of the people that are involved in the influencer wise like that's that would be yeah. my strat you want to go for the full awareness do pay pay amaranth whatever she wants to play my trick brother <laughs> you know like I, but seriously like like um and, and you know what this isn't marketing necessarily but one thing that i would do as well is like like let's say nine months nine to twelve months after like discount the game um make it and i know nintendo never does this they like they never they rarely put their games on sale and, and we kind of talked about it a little bit when we were talking about playstation and xbox where like you've been conditioned to you know to, to wait or i've been conditioned to wait because i feel like in a year uh, a brand new playstation game is going to be at least half off but i like i don't think that that's the worst strategy because like you're you're kind of nintendo's always been like well, i'd rather more money for less copies rather than less money for more copies and and i well i think that that's clearly worked for them it does kind of stunt the growth to an extent of a series like like Metroid, where ideally getting into more players' hands would be better to attract new players to to that game. So like that would be something I think that they should at least have a conversation about with like the games that need it. You know what I mean? Like I, I think you could keep Zelda, you could keep Mario, you could keep uh, Pokemon. You, you could keep those games at full price for basically their entire lifetime, and you're gonna do fine. But like, would it really hurt to like after a year? knock knock metroid prime's retail price down by half knock pikmin down by half knock uh i don't know that astral chain or whatever like you know what i mean hmm. i definitely i definitely agree you know from a purely personal experience that that absolutely does work i mean you know doom it's my second favorite series but i started out with doom 2016 and i didn't pay full price for that i waited until it was like 30 40 bucks and then i grabbed it and then when i loved the game so much that I started buying more of the games, and by the time Doom Eternal um, came out, you know, I pre-ordered like the super, you know, one hundred fifty, two hundred dollar collector's edition, and so like I feel like discounting titles to get people in, you know, that's an investment you make, mm -hmm. you know, for more people to buy the game at full price when it does launch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, from a consumer perspective, selling it for half price a year later would be great. I do, I understand why Nintendo doesn't do it though. There's like kind of a level of like quality prestige, well. like you know, yeah. like they were like this is a full price game. This is what you pay for it. This is the the yeah. premium you pay to play our game. So like I get that. And I and and if Nintendo considers a, a Metro Prime Four game where they don't want to discount it for that reason, like I'm I'm okay with that. And I think they they should marketing wise kind of lean into the prestige. I think of Metro, which is Metro Prime, which is why I hope they keep it Metro Prime Four. Because, like, the brand Metroid Prime already kind of says quality. The four says, "Hey, there's been a bunch of these. Like, mm -hmm. they're not they're not bad. Like, they're not going to keep making bad games. If, you know, if they're not doing well. Like, there's already been a few before this. And I think that like making it seem like a big deal, release it alongside the new console. Like, put it alongside your marketing when you push Metro or Mario and Pokemon and Animal Crossing." put metroid right up next to it and make it seem like a big deal like oh you don't want to miss out on this it's as good as that other stuff um yeah. so like there's a lot you can you can do with it of course in terms of like your budget that totally makes a difference i think in general like if because they don't want to spend too much i'm sure budgeting on you know a metroid game which isn't going to sell as much as a mario or, or or pokemon or animal crossing whatever it is or splatoon um is is awareness like get it out in front of as many eyes as you possibly can because at the end of the day like just a lot of people just don't know about metroid 
And I think if they did, they'll come to that decision like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just don't really even know about it. Even Metro Prime Remastered, like there are sort of tons of people who don't even know that it ever came out. Whereas I guarantee you, if they just push that awareness and made people more aware of it, people would check it out and, and give it a try. Uh, another anecdotal experience kind of going off of that, just in terms of like, you know, I feel like, you know, you know, in the gaming community, you know, especially in the Nintendo community, we kind of take it take for granted, you know, how many people in the Nintendo community are, even if they haven't played Metroid, they're at least aware of it to an extent. But I can tell you, like, when it comes to my real-life friends, even my gaming friends that don't necessarily participate in those communities, you know, Metroid is, there's a lot of stuff that, like, we take for granted that people don't even know about. My friend, uh, my friend Cole, who kind of helped me build my PC recently, we were actually talking about Metroid, and he didn't even know that there were 3D titles. He thought it was strictly a 2D series, which is like, Mm. how do you not know that? But it's, I mean, that's true, and He's someone that's like he's a fairly hardcore gamer himself, and let yeah. alone a you know let alone a casual audience. So I feel like getting that information out is another thing that Nintendo really needs to hit the nail on the head on. Lots of different avenues that they can uh, explore. Lots of different strategies that they should try. Uh, I don't know really what the the right answer is, but I but I do remember like when when they marketed Metroid Prime back in the day, and times have changed. But, like, they marketed that as a big deal. They invested big money into that that commercial that they made. And it and it seemed like a big deal. And they pushed it like a big deal on the GameCube. So, like, you know, I, I feel like it's it can't be that hard. Like, get it to the right people. Spend the money doing it. And, and just make a quality, exciting trailer or something to get people talking. And, and I think that you will find that, you know... The game, like you said, it's probably going to sell itself once people actually play it and once they actually get it in their hands. Um, so yeah, that's uh, another great question. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. This is from New Supreme Man. If Nintendo came to you and asked you to create a power suit for Samus, what are some of the aspects of said suit that you would create? Colors, specific shapes and designs, uh, unique functions or reasoning for the suit, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et um, hmm. Design your own power suit. I don't know about. I don't know. This is this is. We could spend so much time doing this. (laughs) We we could. This is another way you could probably do like a whole show. So how how about this? I'm going to give a quick answer. A quick answer. I want a suit that interacts with like the ship or the surroundings around you, and and I guess it would have to be a specific setting. But like I've always thought it would be really cool if like you had a suit. Like let's just say that you were on some spaceship somewhere and you had a suit that like directly interacted with the ship around you. And kind of like in Breath of the Wild, how you can rotate the ship, or like rotate the Divine Beast. I think that would be kind of cool. Maybe you could turn on, turn off gravity. I think like, I think a a suit that that lets you be at one with your environment would be awesome. Uh, Don't know how you'd make that in in the context of like a game, but, uh, and I don't know what color it could be. It doesn't matter to me, but uh, I think that would be really cool. So I kind of interpreted this question as more so the art direction of the suit, not necessarily like, you know, what like the feature, like in terms of the powers, what the features or the abilities would be. In terms of the art direction, um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the um, the uh, the Echoes Hunter's Corruption style various suit. I feel like it's a perfect blend of like the bulkiness of like the classic Super Metroid suit and the Prime suit, but it with um with some with some of the more slimmer features as well that makes it look a bit more modernized. Um, you know, you have a little bit more LEDs, but it's not like some of the more modern suits where they're just like all over the place where it looks like a gaming PC. I'm not quite a fan of that style of suit. 
Um, but I, I feel like I feel like the Prime Two suit like strikes a really nice balance between the two, and so I feel like I would use that suit as a base and just kind of just add more details, more creases, you know, more you know more lines, you know, to show like the the divots, divots, the creases, and you know, kind of the dimensions of like you know each layer of the suit, and I, that's kind of the direction I would go in. And assuming that I could actually draw, I cannot. So someone else who's more talented than me would have to do that. Um, in terms of powers, though, um, Dak and I talked about this last year um, on one of the podcast episodes, but I had an idea of, like, adding zero gravity exploration and combat to Metroid, and I feel like um, you could add that function to, like, the gravity suit almost, in a sense, and I would really love, and I feel like there, you know, there's such a cool opportunity there, especially for, like, some of the more space station settings in Metroid, you know, you know, imagine something like the GFS Valhalla where, you know, you're, you know, you're walking through it normally, but then there's other sections to where, you know, you can't reach it, so you go into zero gravity, and you, it changes the whole dimension of the game that way. I think that would be really cool. That's, yeah, I would, I love, I would love zero gravity, and I think that would be really cool with the gravity suit, for sure. Um, yeah, to keep it quick for me, I would love to see kind of like a, I mean, I always love, like, the thicker, bulkier power suit designs. I would love, like, a Hulkbuster, like, kind of variation <laughs> of, of the power suit, like, she just, like, a massive tank and can tank a lot of hits as higher defenses doesn't get staggered as hard like can armor through stuff um maybe with uh either with the trade-off of some mobility or keep her mobility which i think would be really fun just being this huge juggernaut size like character and but still moving with the same agility that samus normally has would be kind of interesting but yeah i would love to see kind of just a tankier version for me uh okay this next one is from luke b if you could choose one enemy to return to Metroid Prime 4, would it be the SAX or Emmy? Is neither an option? Not no. Like, I, I think that those those two enemies specifically are are so tied to their respective games that I I think it, it's hard to imagine a scenario where any one of them comes back. And uh, granted, they can make a scenario, I'm sure, but. Um, I, I don't know that I would be clamoring necessarily for a return of either, to be honest. I guess if I had to pick, maybe an Emmy. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I don't really want either returned, and that's not and that's not to discourage those enemies. I think the Emmys are great in Dread. Mm-hmm. The SIX is obviously, like, a huge highlight of Fusion, arguably the highlight of Fusion for a lot of people. And But I feel like, I feel like putting him into another game would almost, like... Like, like it's such a. I think it dilutes them. Yeah, it it dilutes them. There's also a huge standard that they have to live up to in that game, and I just it doesn't really make sense, uh, you know, especially for the SAX in that context. You know, it's a very specific context where the SAX is introduced, and so Mm -hmm. I would rather just them create. I don't mind them necessarily having you know another like big, you know, kind of insta kill mascot villain that like they market the game off of. Maybe that's Silex. Maybe that's someone else. But like, I, I hope it is Silex. That's yeah. that's the thing is that like, what the thing about Silex thing is interesting to me is Silex is like a specific individual character with like a background and like a personality and like thoughts and whatnot. Whereas like the SAX was just like a specific like beast kind of character. And Emmy is kind of like a similar monster. Like it's a robot, but it's also a monster character, right? It's like yeah, you know, you have like in Halo, you have the Flood, but like you need the Grave Mind, right? Like you kind of need that like individual character and like. The, the X don't really have that, and the Emmys don't really have that. Mm-hmm. So I hope Silex is kind of that monster character that also has, like, like Ridley. like Well, not like Ridley, but, like, has, like, you know, a back and forth that you can have with them. and isn't just, like, 
and a, a, a more mm. a bigger enemy but yeah you got, the, you got the covenant but you also got the arbiter and the prophets exactly yeah. exactly yeah you need those individual characters and i think for metric point four you're right also both of these characters like show up in very specific circumstances that like to make them show up in prime four like you would have to really do some gymnastics to like make it make sense story-wise i think the emmy would just be like the emmy it wouldn't I think the Emmy can only maybe make sense if, like, maybe we saw, like, a prototype Emmy, you know? Like, the company, that I don't know what company it is that's building them. Like, they don't build the Emmys until later in the Metroid story. Like, if Metroid Prime 4 takes place when, mm-hmm. and I guess, like, I'm assuming we're talking about Metroid Prime 4 taking place before Metroid 2. Obviously, if Metroid Prime 4 takes place after Dread, we could absolutely see an Emmy or an SAX or whatever. So, I guess in those cases, like, if we're talking about between prime three and federation force and metroid 2 i don't think we see either of them um and the me like like i don't know just the sax i guess maybe but that wouldn't make sense either the x don't really start to get going until samus exterminates all the metroids in metroid 2 if metroid prime 4 takes place after dread then either one could happen i would rather see the sax personally i think the sax is i think the sax is a more interesting enemy the Emmys are probably the more cooler gameplay function, you know, like because they're more fleshed out. But like, I would be more hyped to see the SAX return. I guess the Emmys are cool, but like, I don't have as much of an attachment to them. And, like, if you change the SAX to work like an Emmy, like then I would be covered. So, I guess in that case, I would say the SAX. I, I guess to to cap this off, my my one thought about I I would prefer to see the SAX, but I want to see the SAX in like a Metroid Fusion remake. I, I think if you brought that into the Prime World, well, you're, yeah. You're, you're inherently kind of pitting it against, like, Dark Samus in a way, because it's like you have these very, you know, uh, <laughs> and dark versions of the, of the Samus character. So it's like, I, I don't really think either of them fit, um, unfortunately. Uh, that, that's a good point, but at the same time, it's like, I feel like the SAX and, the, and Dark Samus are, like, still different enough. They, like, they are, Dark Samus is, is cool different. and dark, but, like, the SAX is, like, a scary, like, horror character. And also, I'd love to see, like, the final form of the SAX in a Prime game. I feel like that would be really cool to like bring I, that I, back again. It wouldn't make any sense, but I think they are they're definitely different. But I, like I just think on like a very visual surface level comparison, like it's hard not to make that comparison between the two of them. So well, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I guess I think my answer would be neither. But uh, let, let's move on. The, this question is for you, Dak. I don't know what the hell our pal Minneapolis King is talking about here. So let's go. Um, Ryan asks this question is more aimed at Dak, but interested in others' opinions. Given that John Mayer has already done guitar work for Halo, what do you think John Mayer and more importantly, Dead and Company could contribute to a Metroid soundtrack? This is such a specific, specific who is, question. Who is Dead and Company? Who is like is John Mayer? Is he not the guy that sings like "Waiting on the World"? Yeah. That, so I guess to like really quickly like sum this up, because to give any context was <laughs> to make sense. The Grateful Dead is a band. I'm sure you know the Grateful Dead. Yes. If you don't, they're a rock band from. 60s 70s 80s whatever um they have a there was a band called dead and company which is like a cover band of the grateful dead featuring some of the original band members and other people eventually including um or starting with john mayer who like got interested in the music and he like started working with bob weir who's like one of the original grateful dead members and like they started touring and doing grateful dead stuff so okay um, I'm a big fan. I'm a big deadhead. So that's why and I know Minneapolis is, is as well. Um, yeah, so John Mayer is actually uncredited in the epilogue track of Halo 2. 
So if you hear the guitar, the little guitar solo in that, that's John Mayer. Um, but he's uncredited. And yeah, it would actually be really sick if like somehow a little bit of John Mayer licks ended up in a Metroid track. Um, I personally, I don't know how <laughs> Metroid could possibly work with, with Grateful Dead. Like, um, they do have like a drums in space track, which is very like spacey and like ambient, like drum percussion tracks. But aside from that, it's very like jammy, like Americana, like Southern, like blues rock. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that would work with Metroid at all. Um, would it be really sick? Uh, yeah, it would be awesome. Um, John Mayer is a great, you know, an excellent guitarist and is great with Dead and Company. If he could like do a little guitar, little guitar licks at some point on a track there, um, that'd be sick. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be that would, that would be awesome. But I, that would be such a weird mix, you know, like jam band in in Metroid. Like I have no idea how that could possibly work. To be I, really honest with you, I was I was sure that there is another John Mayer that that was like a member of this band because like the John Mayer I'm thinking of had these like kind of light rock poppy ballads. Yeah, like, like grab like gravity and like waiting on the world yeah. to change. That that John yeah. Mayer, yes, it's the same one. I didn't know he rolled like that uh, doing guitar solos for Halo. That's pretty cool, actually. Well, that was yeah, he did like a little studio session. Yeah, if you go back and listen to that, he that's him. Okay, cool. I don't know about you, but when I think of Halo and guitars, there's two names that come into my head. None of them are John Mayer. Uh, the first that's one very Steve, true. Steve Vai. Steve Vai, yeah. which. Yeah. I could totally see Steve Vai do it. I feel like his yes. playing style definitely matches more the tone of Metroid. And yeah. then, of course, the second one is Breaking Benjamin. Blow me away! Yeah, that's fair. You know, that's 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 fair. But to be fair, Mayer is on the epilogue track. He's which is almost like the credits. Like he's not in a main one. So um, maybe that'd be cool if he did like the the credits or something, um, or maybe like the title theme or, or something like that. But yes, yeah, Steve Vai on on a Metroid track that would. That'd be sick. I would love like a, a Halo Two like Reclaimer style uh, solo in in Metroid. That would be sick. Absolutely, I'm down for that. We need we need like a Metroid new metal soundtrack. Now, that would be awesome. That would be. Cool. I hope I hope Metroid. Yeah, I hope <laughs> Metroid Prime Four really goes hard. I I hope they really kind of like. I mean, I love like look. I, I was really disappointed by Dreads soundtrack, but like I would love if we get some more like live instruments and and them really go like kind of harder with it and, and not just kind of do the average metroid stuff but still kind of keep it to like the traditional metroid prime like ambient synthy, and then also kind of yeah. groovy synthy stuff but give me a little bit of orchestral or some guitar or something like that like mix it in like it's, the switch games love their saxophones and horn sections all of them they all add one for whatever reason metroid needs that too give me that as well i'm down i i feel like the the soundtrack should be like a buffet you know, like there's something for everybody and it doesn't have to just be like one kind of thing. Uh, that That's mm-hmm. my hope anyways. Um, okay. A couple more here and then we'll, we'll get on with it. Um, this is from our pal spam, a man. He asks, do you think other M's bad reputation is a hundred percent founded despite the craptastic story and characterization? I thought the core loop was fun and would gladly revisit it for the sake of enjoyable gameplay. Who wants to take this first? I'll go if nobody does. Um, I just want to say, like, I think there's two points here I want to make. Number one, like, I think we're getting to a point where Other M has been out for so long that, like, the the opinion has shifted that Other M went from, like, a game that was super, super hated by, like, I would say majority of fans. That's probably still the case, but, like, I think it's been so long, the hate has obviously died down, there's been some better metro games have come out so there's not as much reason to hate other m as there was at the time um but also 
now a lot of Metroid fans like grew up on. I know a lot of people who like their first Metroid game was Other M, you know, and they have fond memories of it. Or it was that's one of the only Metroid games they've played because they're younger and they haven't played some of the older Metroid games, so they don't know any better. So there's that, and then I think there's also now the the dichotomy of people who. I think at this point, everyone kind of accepts that the other M story is bad. And like mm. everything that in that realm, character, story, plot, whatever, was not great. But now it's like whether or not you think the gameplay was bad, which I think is not as set in stone consensus. And I mean, personally, I think, yes, like other M is that bad story wise, gameplay or character wise, but all that and gameplay wise. I think it's a super, super unfun game and also was just not it doesn't make sense how it was designed it's like a 3d game with a 2d controller it 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 had to have been made in such a way that like it doesn't fundamentally make sense and it had to be like bent into shape for it to actually be playable um i think it has super super like almost no redeeming qualities so yes i think it's absolutely 100 founded i hope we never go back to it again yeah i would say um you know this is a case of like two opposing things can be true at the same time where on one hand like i think we all want to move on from from other m and just beating up on yes it and, and, you know, like, <laughs> i'm over it i'm I, over it I, I think we're all like i think we're all over it. like you know it and i think that, like even going further like even myself i'm like i would like to try and look at the positive good qualities of this game because i just think that that's like more natural and easier for for us as like humans to do is to look at like the positive of, of it um, and there are a few positives. And, and there are some positives. There's like, like I've kind of said forever, like I think the premise is actually like not that bad, it's, it, you know, but, but on the other hand, the, the opposing truth that is also true is like, it really is that bad. And it did, it, it does earn its reputation. Um, it does. It, I mean, the story, you know, it's, it's awful. We know that, but like, he, I, I, I was one of the ones that said for a long time, like, I think the story's bad, but the gameplay is bad. And then I replayed it for our podcast and, and I think the gameplay is probably average at best, unfortunately. Like, there's a lot of weird stuff that you do in the game. There's a lot of, like, um, like I mean, just playing the game, first of all, on a sideways Wii mode is it weird. Is, just playing it is not good. Like, the feeling of actually just sitting down and holding the controller and trying to play the game does not feel good. There's there's the weird, like, uh, slow-motion third-person parts where you're, you're just walking really slow. There's the awkward going into first-person um, I, I, I will say I think the game does pick up dramatically at towards the end when you're kind of free to go everywhere and you have all of your abilities, but, like, we're talking, like, the end of the game, um, and then, like, it, it just, like, this is kind of a fusion of story and gameplay, but, like, it, it Other M constant. I think this is the biggest sin of Other M, actually, is it constantly sets you up for something cool and then rips it away. You think you're gonna fight Ridley <laughs> again? You're not. You think you're gonna fight the Deleter? You're not. You think you're gonna fight the Queen Metroid? Uh, I guess you like. You think you're gonna fight MB? You, you don't. Like it just it does all this <laughs> stuff, and it's like, ah. Uh, uh, so yeah, I I do think that it's founded, but I I do think that. With that being said, we we can look at the redeeming qualities because there are there are some for sure. I think the single biggest issue of Metroid Other M in terms of like it's philosophical approach to the game design is typically metroid games uh the story and the lore is designed around the gameplay first and other m it's the complete opposite where this it's clear that the story and the lore takes precedent and the gameplay is designed around that the problem is that main buffet of that story and lore not only is you know is mostly everyone in agreement that it's not great but those gameplay concessions are constantly contradicted at the same point and so it feels completely meaningless 
that these gameplay concessions are given to us where it's like wait a minute you're you're con you're contradicting that anyways so why even you know put that on us in the first place you know like the whole um you know the whole authorization thing like obviously that's probably the big example right there <clears throat> and and so yeah when you have something like that that's fundamentally flawed i think yeah the hate is definitely warranted that being said I am also ready to move on, and as much as I dislike Other M, you know, I think that, like, you can enjoy it in a so bad it's good. I kind of treat it the same way as I do yes. Star Wars prequels. Like, they're like they're not good movies. They're, oh. they're, they're not. But like, oh. like, I love watching them. Hey. I love watching them. You watch, I, the, I, you I like... watch the ending of Episode 1 and tell me that's not the best scene in Star Wars, because I will tell you that it is. Well, I mean, I, I agree. I think there's no problem with watching like a bad movie or a bad TV show, acknowledging that it's bad. I mean, if you acknowledge it or not, whatever, but like, if you know it's bad or whatever, like that's totally fine. But like, like if you play other M, you're like, this is a bad game. I'm going to, I enjoy it. Got sure. it. Like, yeah. look, I have no problem. I think the cutscenes are hilarious. I enjoy them, but do I know, but am I going to say it's a good game? No, it's a bad game. Mm -hmm. I will watch a bad movie and I'll be like, wow, I really enjoyed that. That made me laugh. It was a good no, but I enjoy it. Yes, I think that I think we should, as a society, be more okay with accepting that we like bad, like guilty pleasures. Like it's okay to have a guilt. Maybe other M is your guilty pleasure. That's fine. Don't try to don't try to sell me, you know, poop and tell me that's not poop. You know, like I I can see what it is. If you like that, that's fine. It's not for me. Yeah, like even like I don't even know if I'd say guilty like. Like you can like what you like, like uh, like I I don't feel guilty about liking anything I like, but I can. I, I think you I should feel like... guilty about liking other M if you like that. <laughs> well, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, I'm kidding. I, I can't say I like other M though, so I mean maybe that's why I don't feel guilty. But uh, no, but seriously, like I I think you yeah I, I think that you could like it, and you can also realize that it has flaws, and I and I right I think that's fine. Um. So yeah. Okay, let's do two more and then let's get out of here. Uh, this one is from New Supreme Man. If you had to choose one studio, not in-house, so no Nintendo, Retro, Mercury, Steam, nothing, mm -hmm. um, to make a new Metroid game, which one would you choose and what style game would you have them make? Duminal. What say you? Ooh. Could I do a combination of studios by any chance? Do whatever I'm gonna you want. Do, yeah. Well, this is never, this is never going to happen because they work for two completely different companies. But like, I would love to see Dice and ID Software team up to make some sort of Metroid spinoff game that really focuses on movement. Because I I really love. I feel like both of those studios are just have masterful first person movement, and you know, having that implemented into a Metroid game, I think you know, I think there's unlimited possibilities there. Dak, what do you think? Hmm. I don't know. Um, this one I wasn't too sure on, and now I'm like kind of scrolling around of like anyone. I would, I would think I would be down for a, a FromSoft Metroid game. Yeah. I think I would be down with a. Well, listen, 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 because you think I'm going to say, "Oh, I want a Dark Souls Metroid game." No, I want an Armored Core style Metroid game. Give me like a cool third person, like I'm um, control. Like that's how they if they remake Federation Force. That's how they remake it. They remake it into an Armored Core game. You take the mechs from Federation Force, now they play like Armored Core mechs, and you go out into missions onto different planets, and you fight different monsters and whatnot from Metroid games, and you have to go into your garage and soup up your mech and buy new parts and all that kind of stuff. Boom. You could be a bounty hunter in a mech and go out to different planets. Like, yeah, that that's 
That would that would I'd be down for a FromSoft the Gore, Gore spin off game. Or Gore, yeah, you could have Gore involved. Yeah, absolutely. Samus gets her own big mech, like or or even have Samus control like that. That'd be cool. Um Yeah, why not? Why why not? It's funny. We almost have the same answer. Almost. But I did not pick uh from software. So uh, are you ready for this? Kojima Productions. Imagine I'm shocked. Imagine oh, no. no hold on, there's two parts to this answer. Hold on. Imagine other M, but Kojima made it, and it's like absolutely the most bonkers batshit game you've ever seen. Now that would be awesome. That would be so wicked. Like just uh, comprehending some of those like scenes and how like over the top would be a sight to behold. But like I also I, I like think too. Like a lot of people forget that they made uh, Zone of Enders, which is a really cool mech game. To to your point, Dak, I think that would be like pretty cool to to have kind of like a. Not, not not like a mech game, but like a, a a game where you're actually like in space, like going through space. Oh, like not quite mm. Star Fox, but not quite Zone of Enders, but maybe something in the middle, something there, like where you can explore and, and do, and maybe like a little bit No Man's Sky. That could be that could be kind of cool. But man, mm. just like I don't know, maybe it's just because we were talking about other M, and I looked over and I saw my copy of Death Stranding. But like, God, that would be awesome just to see like other M in that style of game. If it's more like Metal Gear Solid and not Death Stranding, then yes. Yeah, I was gonna say I I love Kojima not as much as you do, Andy, but I, I'm a big Kojima fan myself. I don't think his style of writing would fit in the Metroid universe. That being oh, said, oh, of course though, it wouldn't. That's why it'd be so awesome. It would be other. Say, it would be other M again. Is the writing? Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> it would be, no, in its own little bubble, like making other M even wilder and crazier, just as like a fun thought experiment. Though that would be absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Here's one. Here's one. Actually, a Rockstar open world Metroid game. You play as a bounty hunter out in the stars. And you can hijack people's ships and take bounties and do heists. That would be. I'd be down for that. Okay, hold on. That let me like ra- let field. me raise you this. I want to be a literal rock star. I want harmonics to come back from the dead and make. Okay. Metroid, Metroid Guitar Hero. Metroid Guitar Hero. Metroid Rock Band. Because you imagine how awesome that would be, just like playing like, uh, and maybe they get like some DJ hero in there too. You're just you're playing like the Metroid Metal version of like Ridley's theme or something like that, and you're you're going like that'd be that'd be sweet. Dude, I missed Rock Band. Like that was like one of my that was one of my favorite. Rock Band Two was like my jam, quite literally, back in high school. Like it introduced me to so much music that I still listen to today. Just a fun game to play. Got me got me into playing drums. I still have my E kit uh, in the closet back there. But yeah. Oh, here's one real quick, actually. Um, By the way, I think this is actually a cool. Like I don't know if you ever play um, Bastion or any of the um, Super Giant games. games. Yeah, Super Giant. I think that style of like isometric, like top-down 3D adventure, that would be kind of cool for Metroid. I think that would be a fun kind of, and you, like you know I like their uh, storytelling style, like kind of like cartoony, and stylish. It'd be cool. And, and speaking of, of other M again, like uh, the thing that always sticks out <laughs> to me about about Super Giant games, like playing Hades, playing Bastion, is like they right. have like just quality voice acting in all of their titles. Like mm-hmm. it is really, really good. Um, yeah. Like Hades, particularly, I, I think sounds like amazing, and, and it doesn't have any big name voice actors or anything like that. But it's just like really, it, it's really good. Like it's it's really high quality. So yeah. Um, okay, let's do one more question, and this is from our man uh, Big Griffin. 
the accursed hunter griff gave us like a hundred questions to to ask so griff we're, we're not going to be able to get to all of them but i wanted to get to one we're going to save the rest of your questions for another episode uh that yeah, i'm that saving them yeah we'll, i'm we'll save keeping them. A, a tally of the ones we didn't get to tonight for next time because because we didn't we i wanted to do all the other ones first and then get to griff's but i i do think that griff has a, a great question here that we can uh that we can end off on and that is um so this is from Griff. I know Samus isn't the first playable female video game protagonist. I believe that would be Miss Pac-Man. But would you consider Samus to be the legacy female video game protagonist? If not, who would that be and why? So I think Absolutely. the key... Well, the key word there is legacy. Because what is legacy? Like, what, what time period old, are we talking? Old. I would say legacy is anything before 2000. I, would, then, I, would I, might, on the... I might have a different answer. I would put her on the Mount Rushmore of female video game characters. That's oh, that would oh, no be my question. answer. No question, but like, I I think that if you're talking like older, I think there's two characters that oh. come to mind. Well, if you're thinking, well, if you're talking about legacy, like legacy, legacy, like I'm thinking, like Miss Pac-Man no. might be one of those. No. <laughs> like, I don't know how legacy <laughs> we're going. Uh, um, Pac-Man and Peach would be my two answers. I think I'm Laura talking, Croft. I'm talking about Laura Croft. Laura Croft yeah. is that what would be my answer? Laura Croft Laura is probably Croft. the most famous video game female video yes. game protagonist of all time, even more so than Samus, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. Um, so if you're talking legacy as in before 2000, then then it's Laura Croft. If you're talking, if you're talking like it's it's difficult because it's like it's if you're talking about impact, then it's probably Samus. Um, because Miss Pac-Man was just like a reskin; mm. it wasn't anything. It, but hey, hey, Miss Pac-Man made strides for the industry well, yeah you're right. okay I'm, I'm that, that had cutscenes. there were cutscenes in that game i think that was the first game to have cutscenes. um it was miss pac-man so boom but, like at, like as we were talking earlier though like in in metroid one like samus being a woman w- was more about like a, a surprise and a shock rather than a, an integral part of the game where i i think you look at tomb raider and like you know, Laura, Laura being Laura is, is an essential part of that game. Um, yeah. she, she, you know, she, she uses her, her sexuality in, in that series as, you know, as well as she should. Why not? Um, so while I think that Samus is undeniably on the Mount Rushmore of, uh, video game heroines, it, if you're talking legacy, like, I, I guess like, what does that even mean? Like, you know, like yeah. is she, the legacy female video game, like, say like see you know like i i think i think you could say she's the like because she's probably the most well-known i think like she was the first mainstream woman like female like protagonist like samus was well known but i don't think she really became you're talking laura right yeah laura i say samus I don't think he said it. I just wanted to make sure. Oh, I- yeah, Laurie. I think she was the like the first mainstream one, yeah. like the most popular. Like people, everyone knows what Tomb Raider is. Um, yeah. it's like one of the most popular IPs. Like it's not one of the most, but it's more popular than Metroid. It crossed over into movies. Angelina Jolie, like oh. you know, you have all that kind of stuff that like Tomb Raider really, I think, kind of made that shift first. And you're right, like Samus's like identity in terms of like her gender, like and just who she was as a person, like wasn't integral to to metroid for a while and even you know if you didn't play super metroid you wouldn't have known that like mm-hmm. she could have been a robot right whereas like laura Croft is very obviously a person man or woman very obviously a human and is going through you know surviving as a human in a you know a human kind of situation so and again had that kind of like more relativity and, and connection there um and was very outwardly 
a woman from the get-go, right? Mm. Whereas with Samus, it was it was a surprise at the end. So yeah, I, I would probably say Lara Croft or Laura Croft. Um, but yeah, I, would too. I, I mean, yeah, if, we're, if you're doing like a Mount Rushmore, if you're doing a top four, I mean, I would probably put Samus at second. Really, if you're gonna make that, if we're gonna be you know splitting hairs, like it would probably be. Laura yeah. Croft and then and then Samus, I guess. Well, they're, they're, like, I guess if you're talking depends. in terms of importance. I I might argue Samus, but in terms of like maybe this overall recognizability, I, I think like Laura is the one that you know is probably number. Yeah, three. it all depends on how you read the question. Because like when I read when I read the legacy character, I think of like what is like you know the f- you know the first female gaming protagonist that most people look to and when i think of that i think of samus personally obviously lara croft and honestly i'd say even chun li is probably in terms of popularity above her but like in terms yeah, of like the probably. first you know she wasn't really a protagonist though she was like always in, she wasn't she's not but, but i don't know that i would disagree with that assessment but yeah that's that's fine like yeah i would, I would agree she's like a, a close protagonist like there um i i mean i think Lawcraft has some importance though like she, i think her being a mainstream woman lead character w- w- was a very big positive oh, for the industry absolutely. you know not, so i would I'm no i'm not she's not important no i know I'm, I'm going back to kind of andy your point though like i would even see maybe Lara croft's like there's an argument i think that her legacy might be as important if not more important than samus's i think um I, that's yeah, what i'm saying I, like i, could, I think, I I think it kind of goes that. either way um yeah. i think kind of either way so Yep, I agree. Um, okay, well that uh, that's gonna do it. That is all of our questions, Griff. We're gonna get to you, to the rest of yours uh, another day. Uh, thank you for supplying us with so many great questions, and thank you to everybody for uh, for making this show so easy and so fun and so thought provoking for us to to do. So um, uh, thank you to everybody for that. Uh, we are going to get out of here, but of course we want you to check us out over wherever you get your podcast. Like, subscribe, uh, leave us a five star review. That would be fantastic uh recommend us to uh any metroid fans you got in your life that may not know about this show uh you can check out omegametroid.com for all of your metroid needs we've got guides maps uh thought pieces stuff like that and of course we're over on patreon where the great metroid area ranking continues to roll so check us out over there um that is gonna do it friends until next week everybody take care and have a happy independence day ciao